0: Oh really? Oh for real. We're okay, going. great. Uh, hi everybody. We're here with Deaf Not Dead in their basement, which is pretty impressive. Um, I think I'll get to that in a minute. But in the meantime, why don't we introduce ourselves, Deaf Not Dead, starting clockwise from my left.
1: Oh, this is Kirby. <laughs>
0: I'm Brian. Rick. Okay, that's great. Um, and so why don't you guys uh tell us a little bit about your band, how you got started, um, you know, what your sound is like, influences, things like that.
1: Well, huh. I guess um me and, and Brian have been playing in bands together for a really long time. So, um we had played together in a band called Lolita Nation, uh, when we were living together on Main Street, and that sort of fell apart when our singer left and we wanted to make different kinds of noise, I guess, than we'd been making, because that was sort of more of a 90s-sounding alternative thing, and so we grabbed Kirby, who I think had played in, I don't know, what bands had you played in?
2: Uh, Funeral Shoes and other stuff, I don't even remember.
1: And and this guy, Sean, we knew, who we went to high school with, and now we're Deaf Not Dead.
0: Great. Um, We're going to have to pause the interview because I don't have any more questions. No, I think we (laughs) should just keep going. Okay, great. Um, (laughs) Um, Well, you recorded some songs for us. Name one of them that you would like to play now, then.
1: Okay. Um, I guess to start out, we could always start off with a, a cover and we did the song we actually started the band to do a cover of before we had even really come up with a name or fully assembled we had wanted to do magnetic fields magnetic fields yes magnetic fields cover um, so this is that
3: we have a history of starting bands because we wanted to cover songs like the last band we started because we wanted to cover an Echo in the bunny men song. <laughs> yeah. and this band this band we started because we wanted to cover a Magnetic Field song. Yeah,
1: so we had... It was actually a different Magnetic Field song. We, we got together to uh, to record, and then we decided we liked this one better, so we did Strange Powers.
0: What was the other one that you wanted to...
1: I don't know anymore.
0: <laughs> what was the Echo and the Bunnymen song that you did?
1: Uh, that was a Puppet, which was, I don't think, ever really on any of the albums, but there was... It's this... on their
3: greatest hits. It's on uh, whatever, Songs to warn and Sing.
1: Okay, yeah. <laughs> Brian had this DVD video of all these... Um, uh, good, nerdy, new wave bands um, playing live, and that was the song Echo and the men contributed to that.
3: Erg a music war. Erg, exclamation point, a music war.
1: It's got Wall of Voodoo, Gang of Four. It's got all kinds <laughs> of neat stuff.
3: And that guy who does the, uh, the English show where all the bands play live. Jules Holland. Jules, Jules Holland. Jules oh, yeah. Holland, just playing <laughs> <Yeah>. piano. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. He actually looks... Oh. Older then than he does now, if that's possible. And it was like <laughs> 25 years ago.
0: <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, here then is the magnetic field's strange powers strange as performed powers. by Deaf Not Dead. Alright, and we're back on WVUD. We're hanging out with Def Not Dead. They are here with me right now, actually hanging out in their basement. Um, And that song was Magnetic Fields' Strange Powers. Uh, So in addition to Magnetic Fields, guys, uh, were some other bands that uh, artists that have influenced you for this band and otherwise?
3: That's a nightmare Ooh. of a question. <laughs> Whenever people ask that, I can never think of any bands. Like, uh oh, bands. <laughs> I don't yeah. know any bands. <laughs> if you want a brass? Uh, <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> it's it's so all over the place. Um, we used to be in new wave bands, so um, I at least used to be really into all the the typical post punk, you know, Joy Division rip offs and Factory records and. There was this band called the Wild Swans that had really strummy guitars, but otherwise they were sort of just another post-punk new wave band. We always really liked them. Um, we like some new things like Deer Hunter is, is cool, and and um, what else do we like that's new, Brian? There's lots of new things. I, can't, I don't know any bands. You can't think of any <laughs> no. bands. I mean, we don't we don't dislike Fleet Foxes or anything. People oh, like Oh yeah, Fleet <laughs> Foxes are good. That new uh, sort of.
3: It's good to listen to that Day Trotter show. There's a lot of good bands on there. I like that Clem Snide guy. Um his band is called Clemsonide, but the the singer's name is like Youth Barge Electra. <laughs> 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 and there's actually nobody named Clemson in the band. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and lots of like, I guess sort of lo fi and I'm into a lot of those I hate the name of it, but the slow core like uh-huh. Ida and Idaho and Codine and Red House painters and Bedhead. Bedhead is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. The New Year, that's that's new and that's Bedhead related. Well, Low, we've seen Low, they're fun. Oh yeah, Lowe's
0: I knew you were a big low historically,
3: fan. Historically Sonic Youth.
0: Yeah, sure. Why not? No, not how sure, do you, how do you mean historically?
3: I mean just like in general, like it it's always been like a, something that we is an influence of ours, but Okay. I mean, you know, they're they're like sixty years old now. <laughs> Some of their stuff is still good. Yeah. Once yeah. in a while they'll come out with like a really quality single and but then like the rest of the record's usually not very good, like whereas like Daydream Nation it was really great all the way through.
0: Well, yeah, people are always like, they're like, yo, what's what's your favorite Sonic Youth album? Mine's Daydream Nation. Mine's Sister and i'm like you know probably one of my favorites is murray street which is one yeah, of those actually, ones they yeah. did with yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the best like Back they had, yeah. had since
1: yeah we saw them i think on the tour before that with uh, the new york city ghosts and flowers and i remember kim gordon oh. um, f- like fell off the stage almost she was, like <laughs> playing right at the edge of the stage and she stumbled and i think she was wearing silly heels or something kim gordon has really
3: skinny ankles you don't realize that until <laughs> <you start. laughs> And when you go see bands <laughs> like that you're always like right at the level of like their feet so yeah it, it's you're thinking oh my
1: goodness all their feet are are like at eye level (laughs) how can she stand so close to the edge with skinny ankles like that (laughs)
3: she's actually just a really skinny person in general it's surprising how skinny she is
1: how about you Kirby do you like yeah anything to add here Kirby? um, not really (laughs) (laughs) I just have to agree with everything so far I
2: suppose
0: okay great Um, do you agree with this next song that we're going to play Kirby?
2: which is?
1: We could do "Sally Ride" because that's the one song we have she absolutely doesn't agree with. Oh, yeah,
2: okay, it's a very yeah. yeah
1: it's
3: I, what disagreeable song in the Kirby? Historically, what,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you disagree with about this song?
2: I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't float my boat. I guess I'll
1: talk oh. about it. Well, we wrote it. We had a period where she wasn't uh, practicing because she was ill. And we um, we used to practice in this storage garage off of two seventy three. Don't tell
3: anybody. That, uh, I ever, mean, everybody will run out uh, and try to get storage garages. It was, it was way up on two hundred two. It, it was way up. They 202. don't let bands practice in storage <laughs> garages ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: but in this this storage garage it's a ridiculous we, idea. In the one we didn't have, <laughs> we used to have. That's where we recorded the uh, the CD we made, um, commotions. And we, we used to practice there. And we wrote this, this one song when Kirby wasn't there. And we were all really, really hyped about it. And she never, ever, ever liked it. She came to the first, the first nope. practice she heard it. And she hated it. And we finally actually got her to play a part on it. Still on don't keyboards. like it, though. She still hates it. <laughs> I don't know. We don't get it. But, yeah, it's, it's called Sally Ride. It's about um, sort of like the dualism of, of, of duty and personal identity and, and how you strive to find identity and, and the things you make out of yourself.
2: Silly or like not that.
1: <laughs> 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 through uh yeah through the template of uh of an astronaut i suppose
0: <laughs> okay great well sally ride by <laughs> def not dead on <sighs> wvd <laughs> <laughs> we are back in the studio with deaf not dead here on music from the annex um now one thing that's really impressed me about you guys is that is kind of the the musical chairs game of switching instruments that goes on uh between songs frequently and i was just wondering how you know how do you come about playing so many instruments
3: you're the first person to mention that in a positive light really (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. oh i (laughs) love i love
0: that about bands when you know not only does it add um, flavor musically, but also kind of visually when you see them live. Yeah, I'm all really about the way too, a band looks when you see them live. Like
3: when we saw the teeth, it was really impressive. Because uh, uh, it was like, well, like, wow, the, all, all the teeth sing and all the teeth play everything. Mm-hmm. Like they just kept running around the stage ha- handing off instruments. And with them, and, like, it everybody didn't, was yeah. just as good at everything else as everything else. They never <laughs>
1: even made it seem labor intensive or anything. They were mm-hmm. just like, oh, I'm going to pick this up now and and here's this song for us I think it's much more labor intensive Um, I think we've gotten better at switching live not taking as long Mm. between songs as we do yeah we have a
3: a little bit of a system like some of the amps have more than one channel so we can plug in more than one instrument at a time
0: how does that as far as like writing songs do you guys does it allow more like freedom and creativity for that or I feel like it might also spread your tooth and you're like I don't know if I want to play keyboards today or play guitar
1: <laughs> i don't think it's very intentional at all we just any any given practice will just end up on an instrument and that'll be the song it's sort of almost frustrating sometimes because we'll come up with our best ideas with new um lineups you know with mm-hmm. different people mm-hmm. and different instruments And now it's just like oh well now we have to bring this instrument live or now i yeah. have to you know now i have to go stand over there <laughs> And for Kirby, too, because mm-hmm. when we started, she was only playing bass. And now, um, then we got into doing, and... I got into doing keyboard bass, and Brian decided playing bass was a lot of fun as well. Playing bass is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. build some nice blisters. And um, and so now everybody pretty much switches instrument, except for Sean, who, thank God, for the time being, has uh, <laughs> remained behind the drum set. And he can play a lot of other instruments, too. So it's only a matter of time before, you know, Kirby's mounting the kick drum. <laughs> <laughs>
0: How about uh, instruments yet to be incorporated? I mean, you, you've already got the uh, the glockenspiel we I did. I have
2: a violin. Yeah? Actually, yeah.
0: How do you guys feel about that? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible violin. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that she, bad. Didn't you loan it to
1: somebody who totally destroyed the bow?
2: Kind of. Um, <laughs> right.
1: I, I remember, it. like, finally seeing this violin, and the bow had, like, two hairs left to it. <laughs> it was totally decimated. It's not that bad. I think it's usable. Yeah. We'll see. I don't really have any other instrument plans. I I couldn't imagine. Maybe if we found, like, a tuba in a dumpster. <laughs> you know. Maybe then.
3: Okay. Whatever. Did that violin make the move with us?
1: It did. I is think it? It's, I think it's in our room. Also,
3: oh, I have or it uh, could be down here. I haven't seen it since we moved to this place. Really?
1: No. Oh wait, no. I lent it to my sister. Never mind. We forgot That's about the good. the Nikki flute too. I have. We have an ex girlfriend's <laughs> flute that never ended up getting returned. But <laughs> I've yeah,
3: never seen I'm, it. Historically, I'm a woodwind guy, <laughs> <laughs> so I've got saxophones and uh, a flute uh, and a clarinet, but. We do that sometimes for overdubs, but not so much live. The, the couple times I went out with woodwinds and guitar, it was just so stressful. It was ridiculous. Mm. And plus, those things are pretty expensive and also delicate, and it's uh, annoying to have to watch over more than one thing.
1: True.
0: Hard true. to amplify. True indeed. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Terrible
3: That's feedback problems. Awful. hmm
2: mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, well... With that conversation in mind, I think we should move on to one of the songs, the one that involves uh, Brian playing bass then and uh, Kirby on keyboards, etc. Do we have a name for this one? We
1: don't. We we do what I think a lot of bands do because um, I've heard other bands refer to songs the same way, but we'll, we'll write a song and we'll just sort of give it like a dumb name that sounds like whatever band we think it sounds like, which I'm sure it usually <laughs> half the time doesn't. But we wrote this one song, I think, Another one at the at the old warehouse and and Brian it was the first one we did with Brian on bass, and he had this really bouncy, kind of like goofy but really happening uh bass riff and I think we called it teethy bass romp because it reminded us of the teeth oh, in in mood
0: <laughs> if not in style <laughs> okay, well, here again is deaf not dead's uh teethy bass romp yikes. <laughs> We are back here on WVUD, Music from the Annex, and we're here with Deaf Not Dead, mm-hmm. um, doing a little interview, playing some of their songs. Um, I'd just like to, to talk for a minute about how these guys have done a great job, um, not only uh, providing music and stuff uh, via their band, but also kind of their recording space to record some of the louder bands that we want to have on this show. So I'd really like to thank them for that and um, offering up all their technical expertise and technical equipment. <laughs> and so with with that in mind, the the place that you guys have is just full of of things. I mean, there's keyboards and mixers and computers and amps and amps and amps and, amps and guitars and pedals. How do you where do you get it? Where do you get it all? <laughs> you know, how do you go about collecting all that that kind of Brian? stuff? We're just really <laughs> weird dudes. <laughs> we uh I
1: don't know. We didn't have a lot of girlfriends in early college, so <laughs> so we just bought all this stuff and, you know, it's sort of accumulated in a really obsessive way.
3: Now we have girlfriends and stuff. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yeah.
0: I won't ask what you like more.
2: Mm.
3: <laughs>
0: you don't don't we, answer. Neither don't do will the girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Some
1: of us might get angry. But Yeah,
3: I mean, most of it comes from, I'm, I'm staring at it all now, and it mostly comes from uh, uh, eBay or used music stores.
1: Yeah, no, the, the amps are mostly Brian's, um, the instruments, I guess, are a little more evenly distributed among us, but, um, I have stopped looking at it as, as even being a lot of stuff. It's just sort of like, um, oh, I don't know. It's there.
3: One giant musical instrument. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and things are always coming and going, like amps break and pedals break and, and Brian gets on
0: ebay and that's usually
1: how it how it goes
0: okay what uh of all this stuff what would you say is your if you had to pick one what would be your favorite toy that you have
1: Mm. i'm not gonna go first (laughs) um
0: no bum question
1: no it's not a bum question (laughs) but
3: i could never get rid of that fender amp it's a it's a little fender tube amp from the 80s and it was designed by paul rivera
0: who is paul Rivera uh
3: he's a guy who he's an amp guru if okay. you will okay uh he designed he's he's got his own amp company now called Rivera um which I think are actually pretty crappy amps <laughs> I don't know they're expensive, but I don't think they're that really all that good uh but this is good it's a Princeton reverb too, and it's all tube and it's one of the last amps that they made the way Fender used to make amps, which is all hand wired um which was pretty unusual, even in uh, the early '80s, '82 or '83. Most most amp companies had gone to printed circuit boards by then.
1: Yeah, I guess um, I would say my indispensable piece of gear would probably be my Digitech Reverberator. Um, um, it's actually not <laughs> not the greatest pedal. It's not very versatile at all. It, it's just a big multi reverb unit that has like a, a reverb volume pedal on it. And um, way, way, way long time ago, um, before I had any reverb pedals, I remember seeing this band at the East End called Aerial Love Feed that was just this kind of really trashy shoegaze sounding band. And they just had one guitarist, and that was his pedal. And um, I always thought it was this really incredible pedal where you could program all sorts of the parameters of the reverb, but it's not at all. <laughs> I just like, I got it based on that, never having tried one out. And it was sort of disappointing, but I've, I've grown to love it for its sort of 80s early nineties digital sounding uh reverb sounds. And I don't know, I think I think our amp sounds are sort of one of the more odd things about us, especially um not maybe not as much now because we've we've been turning our volume down a little bit, but we used to try to do a lot with solid state amps. Um and I think only recently we've been deciding that we should maybe start using tubes because we could maybe sound louder without being quite so loud.
3: Yeah, tubes are where it's at. <laughs> like 15 watt tube amps <laughs> but we
1: used to have all solid state gear and anything I own is but tubes are nice
0: awesome uh, well what uh, what songs do we have left what's what's up next oh I don't know
1: Um, did we do the constables always right
0: we did not do that oh. one yet yeah this one's yeah this one I think this is I, I don't want to it's, I don't want to act like I made you guys play this one, but I, I said that I liked it, and you're like, okay, good, we'll play it then.
1: We like to play it. It's yeah. sort of a noisy mess. It's sort of, um, I like sort of mantra-esque vocals a lot, and that's sort of the idea with the chorus of this one and mm-hmm. some of our other songs, too. But it's, um, it's nice. It's
3: one know, of the keyboard based ones, yeah, it's a mm-hmm.
1: keyboard based song. Kirby recently added a guitar part to it that wasn't um in the uh the version we recorded for the c. d um commotions, so this is the first time you'd be able to hear that in any recorded form.
3: <laughs> my dad's a constable, he is is this <laughs> about <laughs> my dad?
1: no no <laughs> uh, we were making fun of uh we were making fun of some band we had played with at uh mojo 13 once. And and I think I, I made a joke about. Um, it was about props on stage because it was that band. <laughs> who were they? Uh, the ones that broke your amp, and they had they were dressed really crazy in costumes and jumping around. There was this huge guy who was the singer. yeah. I
3: remember the band. I uh, I think it was an obscene name actually. I don't. We yeah. probably can't say it. <laughs> but I don't even remember the name. But I think it was an obscene name. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we made a joke about. The, the punchline of the joke was The Constable's Always Right, but I can't remember for the life of me what the uh, lead in was. The setup. So, yeah. The song is a punchline.
0: Okay. <laughs> WVED. This is Music from the Annex and we are here um, not quite live with Deaf Not Dead and um, one of the things you guys had mentioned earlier was that you had you know you've been in a, a num- each of you have been in a number of bands over the years and uh, kind of seen the Newark scene and the Delaware scene just kind of go through uh, all the things it's gone through What, what does it look like today compared to Uh, The way it used to be. What do you like about it now? What don't you like? What are some of your favorite memories from the past?
1: I don't like how old I'm getting. You're (laughs) not that old. (laughs) Um, I think it doesn't feel like there's as much um, of a scene or or groups of people that are interested in going to live shows anymore. And I don't know if that's just just me or not because I don't go to as many shows as I used to (laughs) either. But... Um, Having said that, when we do go to shows, it seems like, I don't know, the house shows we go to are the only ones that seem to be well-attended, and playing at bars around here oftentimes, I mean, we've never been in the most popular bands, (laughs) (laughs) um, to to be completely honest, so we've never had such pull that we felt like we drew huge crowds, but I feel like when we used to go to shows when we were younger, maybe in our... Late teens and early 20s, we go to places like Girls Inc. and um, even the shows at the university seem to attract more of a a fixed crowd that you could expect to see at all the shows.
3: I actually think it's gotten better like within the past two years or so. Um, I feel like there was a terrible wall there like uh, about 2004, 2005, stuff like that. And recently, I think it's actually better, at least around Newark, uh, American Buffalo, you guys, Atlas. Um, uh, who else?
1: Uh, two Dads we like. I don't think yeah, they're yeah, together oh yeah. anymore, that band, but they dads, are, uh, like them. Stone City. Terrifica.
3: Yeah, they're, they're more of a Wilmington thing, but mm-hmm. be, I, it actually feels like there's more of a community now than it did maybe two or three years ago. Yeah,
1: I, I think maybe there's more – it feels like there's more bands – that I think we think are very interesting uh, playing in Newark now um, I think my only thing is just attendance seems like um, mm-hmm. although to to be fair a lot of the university shows they've been setting up um, at Bacchus and in like the Kirkwood rooms like the take the mic shows I've seen some pretty good turnouts um, in those in the past few months when I've gone to them they had Meneguar, uh play several months ago I mm-hmm. think and I remember thinking that was a good sized crowd for them to be playing there
3: even back in the day, a lot of times good shows around Newark were not really that well attended. Like the Makeup played here. Uh, <laughs> they played at Girls Inc. before got, Girls Inc. got bought out by the university. And they used to have shows at Girls Inc. Um, I guess they don't even call it Girls Inc. anymore. It's that building on Wyoming Road. Um, yeah,
1: it's something else But the Makeup
3: now. played, and it was like it wasn't really that well attended. There was like 30 people. But the Makeup were a pretty big deal. They were on what matador or something they were on k records k they records. were on um
1: they were on another another good size one too i think but yeah i mean there used to be a different scene of bands too i remember there were bands like the huntingtons that used to play a lot and um i guess the Collingwoods still together so they still do shows yeah. um
3: who Schroeder else was have? a big Newark band back in the day. That I was remember. even before us, yeah. <laughs> that was like, yeah, even like when, when we were like in grade school probably.
1: There was uh, Nero, which featured uh, Monica from the Sky Drops. Um, mm-hmm. She was the singer in that band, and then that sort of begat a band called, uh, oh, what was it? Swing Line. Swing Line, that's the one I always <laughs> forget. And um, that that begat invasion and uh, the situation, respectively. It's like a biblical history. Of yeah,
3: <laughs>
1: it's at least one lineology of
3: yeah. And then uh, from Schroeder came the, the spin-off band Big Girl, oh. yeah. uh, apparently there's another band there's called another Big Girl th- <laughs> now in New York, totally so that independent. That has nothing to do. Yeah, had, with no
1: yeah prior knowledge of this Big Girl that existed in the the late 90s. And and they were like sort of a shoegaze metal act. And now, I don't know, what's what's the big girl in Newark sound like now? You've heard them, haven't you?
0: Actually, I have not. You have not? No. It's a two-piece, isn't it? Two-piece. I think Mouse they're walk-y. just guitar and drums. And I mean, I guess just nowadays that brings to mind no age, but actually I have no idea. Yeah. Um, so who knows? Mm. Uh, but I
3: didn't know that no age was a two-piece.
0: Yeah, they are. My. And yeah, we can talk about no age later. My thing about them is that they they always try and sound like a lot bigger than they they are being two, but I think instead they just sound just kind of two dimensional. Really, and trying been, to sound I feel deep. Like
3: the White Stripes always made that work because he plays through two amps and one amp is like crazy and big and bassy and the other amp's like a Fender Twin and it's more trebley.
1: Which is what the Skydrops do too. Yeah, they, they split do that the too. guitar signal to get. Yeah,
3: they hmm. don't split it like frequency wise. They they split it just uh, like. In two, in two different parts, and then right. both, both amps do both things. Mm. Anyway. So that's
0: neat. But <laughs> anyway, we were we were trying to do the show talk to kind of lead into, but we lost we lost track. But we? Uh, what
1: oh what kind of shows games.
0: do you Deaf Not Dead have have coming up in the near future um, or the long future?
1: As far as I know, we have one this Saturday. Well, no, we we have one this Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> we are playing it's, on Saturday. Yes, yeah, Saturday. Um and that's that's a mojo 13 um up in wilmington so that's i'm not sure who we're playing with either I do you really know what time know. do i i know what time what time is it
3: brian <laughs> i think they usually start at about nine thirty or 10 there
1: yeah so we're playing then we're also doing a show in town um december 3rd with american buffalo in um, which town in this this town of Newark, oh yeah, where <laughs> def is located yes, um, and that's at the east end, of course, oh that's cool, um other than that, i don't do we have anything else lined mm, up right? We're now? We're
3: playing at the fire uh in Philly, I think it's gerard street in philly uh december some sometime in december eighteenth uh it's all well documented on deafnotdead.net. not dot net where
1: you can check us out on myspace um
3: myspacecom
1: slash
0: <laughs> <laughs> And how about uh how about recordings that people can pick up? You have a you have an album recorded.
1: Yeah, we have a CD uh it's called Commotions and it's we sort of have not been charging people for it, <laughs> but if if anybody wants it, we'll charge you a little bit at least. <laughs> um we're working on some new recordings too, um possibly an EP with Terrifica, maybe. Sure, why not?
0: Sweet. Awesome. Uh, well, unless we have anything else to add, do we? Uh, I think that'll wrap this up for us.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming down to our basement.
0: Well, yeah, it was great to <laughs> be here. Um, nothing not just a basement, a basement studio. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no,
1: It <laughs> feels really weird being like, we want to come interview us in our basement? <laughs>
0: well, you know. Yeah i think i think it worked out for the better for the better um for the best the best
3: no yeah sure it's all right (laughs) why not it could always be better so (laughs) uh, i would say for the better
0: okay well uh again thank you guys for having me in your basement studio and thank you for being on my radio show
1: thanks for having us
2: mike
3: yeah thank you
0: sir
1: oh yeah we have one more song
0: i guess oh yeah
1: I guess. Oh, right, Oh right, 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 right. <laughs> I don't know which one. We have, uh, oh, movies won't take movies you there. Movies won't take you there. Yeah, our first recorded song.
0: Um,
3: yeah, this was a, uh, not this recording. This is a live recording that we did for yeah. just this show, but yeah. the the actual recording of this was the only thing that we got properly recorded in our wonderful old apartment behind Rainbow Records before they, place. they tour it all.
1: <laughs> Best place we ever lived
3: up and they, they kicked us out to do renovations and mm-hmm. they tore it down to the boards and took all the character out mm-hmm. so <laughs> doubled the rent if that guy from rainbow records is listening man you kicked us out of a pretty nice place <laughs> 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 but well, thanks for you know tr- not charging us too much rent for for two and a half years that, that was good
0: yeah we actually did a another take of this song didn't we um we did. We like to call the boss, bossa nova version. We, uh, we had played. Uh, we played <laughs> oh,
1: a um, an acoustic set, our first ever acoustic set at Possibilities in Wilmington, um, a week ago, and we had learned alternate arrangements because obviously it's a very small restaurant. We didn't have room to spread out. We couldn't have our amps, and we couldn't have a bass. So I played acoustic, which I'd never done live before. Kirby played her Glockenspiel, uh, borrowed Glockenspiel, and, Spiel and we we kind of liked the way this arrangement worked uh, for Movies Won't Take You There, so we tried to do it again for our session for you, and it, it really you won't, nobody's ever going to hear that. <laughs> it sounded, uh, yeah, it had, it had a looping beat, first of all, which throws the vocals into having, like, a Frank Sinatra kind of vibe, <laughs> which totally doesn't work with, like, the Scooby-Doo voice I'm singing in.
3: Then, it worked well acoustically, but as soon as we introduced, like, any electronics to the mix, it, it sort of was pretty baffling sounding.
1: Mm-hmm. So use your imagination when you hear the, the loud, normal version of it.
0: Anyone who wants to do a, a Deaf Not Dead Frank Sinatra mashup, I think.
1: We invite them to. <laughs> yes, yeah, as long as they'll send us a copy.
0: All right.
3: What's the name of that mashup band that uh, has the guys from the Clash?
1: Oh, uh Carbon Silicon?
3: Yeah. But are they mashup though? <laughs> oh I don't know. I think they were maybe they're just influenced by mashup. Are they? They said they were. Like- Oh, oh! Was that what, the weird interview, right, with David? The ridiculous Dye? weird interview with David Dye when you could tell that David Dye was actually getting mad. Yeah, this is worth talking about. <laughs> he <actually>. wouldn't say. <laughs> yeah, the hilarious
1: band uh, Carbon Silicon with uh, Mick Mick Jones, I guess, from the Clash, and a bunch of his just like his drinking pals, I think. Um,
2: <laughs> they form this hilarious band, and all
1: the lyrics are ridiculous and funny. And, um,
3: and I guess I don't and know personally; if they're... they're completely hilarious. Yeah. To hear.
1: But you know, on on a very stodgy radio show, um, you know, featuring David Dye interviewing them, I guess they were just completely ridiculously irreverent, and he was not having it. You but could tell like, if it
3: was like anybody else, he would have told him to piss off long ago. <laughs>
1: yeah, but because yeah, because it featured members of the Clash, he totally had to like sort of just suck it up. <laughs> like, okay, boys. All, all right, all, all right. But uh, let me ask you. You know, I just <laughs> scratch my beard a little. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. XPN. Okay, so, great. Yeah. So I
0: think we'll finally play this song. Yeah. Uh, movies yeah. Won't Take You There by Deaf Not Dead on W V U D. Uh Thank you guys so much for being here.
1: No, thank you so much. Thank you again. <laughs> <laughs> I did! Like uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, you just stopped. Just stopped. What crazy murder?